Welcome to the China Jedi Podcast. Shining humor, love, and light on Chinese life. For those living, working, or traveling in China, or interested in learning about Chinese culture, expat life, and foreigners' perceptions. May the smile be with you. My eyes are clear, clear than the mist in the cloudy morning. China Jedi legal disclaimer. Please listen carefully. What you hear on this pod may or not be the truth, may or not be funny, rude, or downright stupid. If statements are made by certain individuals from the human race that go against your preconceptions, conceptions, false conceptions, and selections, faith, tastes, or personal philosophies, please take it with a light-hearted sigh and slight shrug of the shoulder. Hold your head up high, knowing that you are a better person than they are, and that one day the force will strike down on them with great vengeance of furious laughter and unconditional frivolous forgiveness. you got it all wrong. The things that I've been saying, you've been listening to the wrong side. Hello listeners and welcome to the China Jedi podcast episode 31. We're recording live from Hua for 68, sitting above the beautiful Pagoda Lake on a Sunday morning not too late. We're situated in the heart of Zhuhai City, mainland China, nestled between Hong Kong and Macau. Yes, I am your host, Chris J. Bradshaw. Recording live from Huafa, Zhuhai City, China, indeed we are. And listeners, if you're wondering why you haven't been listening to us for so long, well, we've been busy on our Christmas Santa errands and duties. So Merry Christmas to all good men and women and children out there today. And yes, we're ready for another marvellous Christmas episode of China Jedi. So, who is my co-host today, you may be asking? It is none other than... Zach. Zach. He goes by the name of Zach, who is my little son in episode number three and he's kindly came along today because of course we're very busy and all of our other co-hosts are a little bit too busy too aren't they Zach? Yes. Yeah so thank you for filling in. Wonderful. Well in this Christmas season listeners it really is nice to have two marvellously special special guests uh, to myself and I'm sure to a lot of the listeners who may know them today. Uh, two people who I've known for Quite some time, especially in China now, over about four years. So I think, stop talking, Chris, and uh, introduce yourselves, please. Who do we have? I'm Gordon, Gordon Rowan. Um, I'm from Scotland, uh, the west coast of Scotland in Ayrshire. Uh, nice to be here. Thank you for inviting us. Thank you for coming. Beside me is my lovely wife. Yes, my lovely wife. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I'm Ruth, uh, Mrs. Ruth Rowan. The beautiful wife of God, <laughs> some people say. Yeah. Indeed. Yes, from Yorkshire. So from Yorkshire yeah. and from Ukraine, yes, Scotland. Aye, yes. <laughs> aye, keep, aye. For the listeners, aye is yes, isn't we'll it? Let, keep working on the answer. <laughs> we'll, <laughs> we'll let that one go, Chris, I think. <laughs> um, but what we won't let go, um, for sure, listeners, is I do believe if you... Well, I'm quarter Scottish, but I think you are our first fully-fledged Scot that we've had in the, in the studios. So, uh, really, it's a pleasure to have you. And I'm very honoured. Yeah. So, let's go back a little bit, because we always like to ask our guests um, the story of what brought them to fascinating China that we find ourselves in. What, what's, what's your story, guys? Um, how, how did you find yourselves in little Zhuhai City, Guangdong? Um, yeah, good question. Um... The short version or the very, very long version? <laughs> the, well, the version that's probably not too rude, uh, it has a little bit of truth um, in it. 
Short version was uh, we were we lived in we were lived in France for yes. twenty three years before coming to China. Um, latterly, I was working for myself, and it's not an easy thing to do in China. Indeed, and uh, in France, in France, you know, well, um, and in China, I would say. Both the there was some some things going on and what they were doing the legislation, and we didn't want to have our lives ruled by French politicians, so we took it, took things into our own hands. Put word out that I was uh, looking for a job, was willing to come out to China, got an offer, and, and there you go, and that was it. And, that's the short and, you, and you followed as the doting wife does? I did. I came out to China totally blind, without yeah. a reconnaissance visit. I mean, a lot of people who come out mm. here uh, come out, first of all, to have a look-see mm. and see if it, the life out here would suit yeah, them, indeed. if they like it. And I didn't. Gordon came out a month before me and I followed on. Uh, yeah, she's, if you say it's okay, um, it's okay with me, she says. Under, <laughs> under pressure? A wee bit. Well, yeah. Uh, but trusts your, your fine uh, perceptions and, uh, yeah. Yeah, but I didn't know what I was doing either. <laughs> You just kind of, you, opportunities come up and, and you know, you go with that. So it was, it was a complete opportunity out of the blue, yeah? It was, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I think, I think, And it was through, you know, people and people find themselves in a situation, a question gets asked and, and, and you know, the timing was right and yeah. so I know the person for you and, and, and it went on from there. Now, lovely, lovely, lovely to hear that. Nice story. There's lots of layers to this, of course, because I, I know you guys quite well. Um, so, number one, let's start with the basics. You manufacture underpants. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, I, I, so I work in ladies' underwear. Right. It's very you mean you work inside of the underwear? It's very or? uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah, there's going to be a lot of mileage in this one. Right, there is a, and that's just the start. Um, so, no, so it's a manufact you manufacture you underwear. Yes, yes. Ladies' underwear. Just, so, basically, lingerie. Lingerie, yeah. Lingerie. yeah. Um, tea bags, um, things like that, that... Fongs. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Can you explain what tea bag is? It's a lot of China girls wear those. Yes, on the beaches and yeah. um, good for the tanning. Although Chinese don't like to tan too much. That's true, that's true. Yeah. How is the tea bag sales? Or, or are yours not domestic? No, we're not, we're, not, we're not domestic at all. It's all uh, export. Um, so we it's not a company that you would know the name no, of. No, no. Um, but we are manufacturing for well known brands. Okay, can we say any of them? Uh, no, I don't, see, I don't see why not. Um, uh, Victoria. Victoria's Secrets, H&M. Oh, H&M. You know, these kinda, these kinda, That's not S&M, sorry. No, no, yeah. So there's, you know, things like that. They're well-known brands, so it's, you know, it's, it's, it's quite a high level. Oh, yeah. Um, it's very, you know, very, very serious. We're about going, going about the business. Yeah, because, I mean, when you're talking about underpants, I mean, that's, they need to be comfortable, right? Yes. They also need to be durable. Right, yes. Because, mm -hmm. you know, you wear, you wash, you wear, you wash. So. And you exercise and you do all sorts of all things. All sorts of stuff. So there's a lot of stuff. Yeah. And it's, like, it's against the skin, so there's a lot of um, uh, mm. regulation uh, about oh, right. chemical yeah. compliance and health and safety and all these things and the products that we're allowed to use and make sure that there's nothing nasty being used on our products. And we are super serious about that. Sure. Oh, that's really interesting. You're not, you're not absolute beginners about that. No. No. Very professional. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Uh, now coming up to Christmas, of course, Victoria's Secret, things like that. That's a big year. Is it a big, big time of the year? I guess for these kind of retailers, it's, right? It's, or is it? Yeah, well, yeah, but it, you know, I'm very far removed from that because um, I'm working on the technical side of things, right? Uh, so it's um, the commercial side of things is 
is is not my speciality at all. And uh, to be honest, I don't think I could I could give you a, a, an accurate answer about the, um, the the timing of what we're doing now and when that will be in shops. Because uh, you know Christmas stuff has been done uh, months ago. You know, if we're, yeah. if we're, if we're making, okay, so if we're making Christmas stuff now, we're a wee bit late. It you're has to be in the shops now. You know, we're probably, you know, probably working in uh, summer. Uh, there's so many seasons now, you know. Okay, okay. No, I, I get you, I get you. So really interesting stuff there. I hope we can talk more about that a bit later, sure. um, Gordon. Uh, before we move on to Ruth quickly, you're pretty good at golf, aren't you? Well, there's a golf connection here. Uh, there's a golf connection. If you're talking about pretty good at golf, you're looking at the wrong person. <laughs> yeah. uh, Ruth! Yeah, she's a yes. good golfer. Yeah. used to be. Not so much anymore. You, you, you've hung enjoy. up your clubs. No, no, not permanently. They do get a dusting or an airing, shall yeah, I say, yeah. from time to time. What's but your yes. handicap? <laughs> bad, bad. <laughs> no, um, it was when I finished playing competitive golf. Three points. Eight, seven, seven, seven. Three point seven. Which is really quite good. Really good. Yeah. Now, now, so okay, but Gordon, quickly. Yeah, you do the carrying of the golf clubs. Yeah, I'm, I'm more the caddy. Um, but you're a pretty good caddy because you've left to go to caddy for some pretty professional golfers, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. How did that come about? Um, because of Ruth, um, with being the captain of the first team, um, I would go and caddy for the girls, oh. and uh, that's how I kind of learned about that. It seemed mm. to go well, and we had a very we good, had a very good player. Yeah, a um, young amateur. She was number one French amateur uh, at the time, Lucy Andre, and mm. uh, when when she went uh, when she was ready to turn pro, um, we we'd done a couple of you know tournaments together and, and when she was ready to turn pro there was an opportunity for me to, to go independent and uh, do a bit of consultancy in the textile side okay. and do carrying at the same time so I followed her for um, you know two or three seasons um, and that, that got me into actually doing professional carrying. So Ruth, yes. where did this golfing start for you? Because I don't meet many women golfers, uh, especially in China, yeah. uh, especially to have on China Jedi. Um, and, and, and more to the point, so did you meet on the golf course, or and then where did the whole French thing come in? Sorry to chuck you so oh much questions here. Did the golf come? Did the golf come before France? Yes, the golf came in 1972. Golf, oh, golf came before your adolescence. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I started playing golf in 1972. Wow. Yeah, um, the golfing family. My brother started to play first of all. And then we moved house and the back garden stopped and it was straight onto a golf course. Right. And then my parents started to play and then I thought, well, when I was sitting at home on a Sunday afternoon and everybody was out playing golf, I thought, no, if you can't beat them, join them. Mm. So I started to play. Okay. Um, so, yeah. And the back, obviously back problems put you out a bit now, yeah? Well, no, I mean, I had back problems for many, many years. Golf's a bit the only thing that doesn't bother your back. <laughs> it's true. When I'm playing golf, I don't. my back doesn't hurt me. I mean, golf's a serious sport here. I mean, we could do a whole podcast. We should yeah. on, on the golf yeah. industry here. Cause it's got massive, a bit like the wine industry. Yeah. These things have uh, gone in there. Um, <laughs> uh, so so where, did the, where did you guys meet and how come you moved to France for so many years? In, we, in a couple of sentences. Yeah. We, my research we, we moved independently to France yes. and we met in France. We met in France. Okay. Yeah. Through a mutual friend who is a golfer. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. Leslie, you've known Leslie before. Leslie, Leslie, uh, Leslie, oh. a sister to me. Um, we were flatmates. Um, we were flatmates back in Scotland, working in the same company. And then uh, I left and went to France. Uh, they ended up leaving and coming to France as well. And Ruth met Leslie because they were golfers. Okay. Uh, and I met Ruth through them. Well, yeah. shout out to Leslie. Leslie and yeah. Jack. Oh, yeah. Leslie, She's absolutely. Yeah, we wouldn't yeah. be here if it wasn't for Leslie. Yeah. Um, okay, marvellous. Uh, really, I've got 50 million questions to ask there, but uh, I'm being told we have to move on. Maybe, yeah, we'll come back to it. We'll come back to it later. Um, now, obviously, we're in China. I'm sure you've done a bit of travelling in China. Just for our listeners, anyone interested in coming to China, where would be a favourite place of yours that you would recommend going? And don't say Yangshuo, because so many guests say it. <laughs> well, I can't say that because I haven't been yet. Okay, so. well there you go. Well, apparently go to Yangshuo. Uh, well, we're very nice. we're, that, that's the plan uh, next week actually. Okay. So, you know. You're going to take your clubs? No. no. Yeah, holiday then. Yeah. yeah that's, that's, we're yeah. going to take three bottles of wine. Maybe? Yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah. <laughs> very we'll, French. We'll do, we'll, do, we'll do the other, the other, the other um, hobby. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, well, you really haven't done much travelling in China. Uh, yeah, most of my travelling has been through work, so it's not quite the same. Yeah. Um, I have visited uh, well, Shanghai, um, Lijiang. Oh, rather, yeah. Lijiang was amazing, yeah. I would recommend that. And uh, for people who don't really want to travel too far, um, not Yangshuo, but up the road, um, at Longji, the rice terraces. Very interesting. Longji? Longji. It's about a two and a half hour drive north of Guilin. Okay. So around that area. It's Gordon, what would be your one? Well, I'd say for, for actually visiting places, I haven't really done uh, much. It's all been uh, through work. I did yeah. uh, a long time ago have a chance uh, to spend sort of a day and a half visiting Beijing. So that was quite a big deal for me. That was still living in France. And, you know, you go and see things that you never yeah, imagined you'd ever get to see, you know. Yeah, okay. And things that you'd only heard of, and, and so that was that was a pretty cool experience when you go like to the, the Forbidden City and the Great Wall for the first time. Yeah, it is quite a, an amazing thing, especially when you don't live in China. Yeah, and I mean, like you said, you, your job is predominantly inside underpants, so it must be very difficult to get to see <laughs> anything but the inside of underpants, yes. China or not, right? Yeah, yeah. 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 So, so I know I know a lot of great um, highways that go between airports and factories. Um, but I don't think that's what you're looking for. <laughs> Maybe that's another pod in itself. Okay, right, marvellous. Well, I was of change. <laughs> as always, oh, co-host, um, Zach, who's uh, falling asleep in his nice chair over there. Do you have any questions for our guests today, Zach, on their jobs or anything? No? Okay, take that as a, as a no. Marvellous, silently meditating there, like the little Buddha that he is. Okay, um, it's Sunday morning, people. Let's move on to Sunday morning question of the week. Sunday morning. Sunday morning question of the week, then. Here's one from our researchers. Um, well, we need some mince pies, don't we, nice? Some mince Ooh. pies and a Ooh, yes. Christmas spirit. We've got the tree, of course, in the yeah. background. Yeah. Um, okay, not the fire though, we're burning away. Not allowed those here. Um, anyway, uh, Sunday morning question of the week. Uh, who am I going to go first? Ladies first. Um, what do you want Father Christmas to bring you this year? Yeah, what do you want Father Christmas to bring you this year? Ruth, oh, you like to goodness. come up with that spontaneous one? I'm sure you've got something on your mind that. Yes, I do actually. Okay. Yes. Gordon, are you ready for this? <laughs> Uh, I think I know what she means, yes. Well, yesterday we were in Macau, and um, 
wandering around the uh, watch shops. Watching watches. Watching watches, as you do, as on you a do. Saturday afternoon in Macau. And, yeah, just something caught my eye. Okay, well, if Santa Claus is listening now... I don't know whether I've been good enough, though. <laughs> well, that's for Santa Claus. That's for Santa Claus, the judge. Indeed. Right. Okay, so, um, watching. Yeah. Okay, yeah, co-host, what would you like for Christmas? Well, if, well, if Ruth wishes for something, I thought I'd also get presents from Santa Claus anymore. Um, uh, well, let me answer that. Uh, Really, really good adults that have been really, really good can, if they've been really, really good, get a present. Yeah, there are exceptions to the rule. Oh, that sparkly thing's looking a bit dodgy then. <laughs> <laughs> but you've got a good point. What, what do you want for Christmas, um, Zach? Um, two pairs of robotic shoes that has two guns on each shoes. If there's a big boat or something and they'll just come out and shoot. Right, well that's a new one. I thought it was Lego, so that's, that's morphed on from Lego, hasn't it? Every day we have new evolutions of Christmas fort, don't we? Okay. A lot of changes yeah. to your list, huh? Well, I'm sure we, hopefully Santa will bring you what you, what you want. Um, Gordon! Uh, so what are we from Rebound? You don't like Rebound? You're even the opportunity for Kaplunk. yeah. Well, come on, Kaplunk away, and uh, what would you like Santa to bring you? Well, I'm, I'm, I'm hoping he brings me... A Choice of a watch that's a little bit cheaper. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, it's always been a very difficult question for me, and yeah. I don't really know. We don't really um, buy each other presents and make things for him. Are they made of wool? <laughs> <laughs> Shirts. Yeah, okay, oh, lovely. I'll actually, actually, physically make Okay, yeah. I, I, I really don't know how to answer that. I never do know how to answer that. Mm. Mm. Um, okay, well, you might need to get thinking because you need to write the letter home soon, doesn't he, to I know, Santa? Yeah. I know. Okay, well, I'd like thinking about this because, um, you know, Christmas presents do seem to decrease somewhat as you get older. Uh, yes. Because yes, uh, Santa Claus is more wanting to make the children happy. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, if there was a way Santa could bring me a, tech, a piece of technology that could freeze time. And what I mean by that is, so I could freeze all of you now. Yes. And when I press the button to unfreeze you, nothing bad's happened. It's just I've had time to finish my work and do the things that I'm constantly having to rush to do. And then I, and then I could be with you 110% of the time, especially the family as well. Um, so if Santa's listening, or his elves, uh, if you could bring that in to production... That'd be a neat idea. <laughs> it would be a neat idea, wouldn't it? Would be useful. Elf on the shelf in your bedroom, Zach. What do you think? Um, you listening. You you have got an elf, haven't you? Yes, and he's listening to me, nobody else. <laughs> <laughs> and what what's the name of your elf? Ruffy. Sorry? Ruffy. Ruffy. Okay. <laughs> Is that because you rough him up? No. Okay, well anyway, hopefully Ruffy will take good news back to Santa Claus. And your brother as well. Do you think he's been good as well this year, your brother? I today when when my mommy when my mommy and my baby brother Jasper were going out to see Mr. GP, my school's director. Mm. <laughs> um, my baby brother said you're stupid. <gasps> to me. Oh, not to the school director. I hope. Just to you. I hope not to this. No, but, and I told Ruffy no. to, ta- 
to tell him what he said to Santa and give him an orange for Christmas. Oh, an, an orange. orange. We used to get an orange, a walnut and a sixpence. Did you, you get know? a piece of coal as well? <laughs> <laughs> Luxury. <laughs> okay, yes. That was lovely. our Christmas dinner. <laughs> <laughs> lovely. How, how things have changed. Yeah. How yeah. have changed. Okay, marvellous. That's really got me in the Christmas spirit as I hope it has our listeners. It's time for... Uh, oh, it's my favourite. Yes, Guess who? We've got to remember. Guess who then? Um, okay. okay. Leading on. Uh, now, uh, you've listened to a few episodes, I trust. Yes. I hope you have, otherwise yes. you wouldn't yes. be here. Yes. Yes. Yeah, marvellous. Um, well, guess who? It's very simple, as you know, just to listen, in case we've got new ones. Um, I give you some clues about a famous Chinese person, and you must pick your wits and uh, hopefully come okay. up with some answers to who it could be. Um, so, uh, let's begin. Uh, with some clues and um, and get the the cogs uh, winding up, as they say. You know how many of these I've got, right? Huh? Are you doing well or not? Most people tell me it's very difficult. I'm doing. They're pretty doing, vague, aren't yeah, they? Yeah, really, really badly. <laughs> China Jedi, you're pretty vague. <laughs> That's exactly what we like to go for. Nice vagueness. Yes. Okay. Well, hopefully we can be a little bit more. Um, what's the opposite of vague? Clear. Clear. Concise. Concise and clear. Well, there's no chance of that. Um, okay, our guess who, um, Rowans and uh, co-host, was born on the 26th of April, 1963, as a Taurus rabbit. So he's aged 54 now. Okay, 54. Okay. Born in Beijing, our guess who was the youngest of two boys and two girls. When he was two years old, his father died and his family then lived in poverty. Very sad. He was eight when his talent for wushu was noticed as he practiced at summer school. He then attended a non-sparring wushu event, followed by joining the Beijing wushu team, which did a martial art display at the All-China Games. Renowned coaches Li Junfeng and Wu Bin made extra efforts to help the talented boy develop. Wu Bin even bought food for his family because they could not afford to buy meat, which was essential for an athlete's physical condition. He competed against adults in the Chinese Wushu Championships and won 15 gold medals and one silver medal. Check this out, Zach. Our guess who is quoted as saying, My winning first place caused quite a sensation because I was so young. I was 12 years old and the other two medalists were in their mid to late 20s. During the award ceremony, as I stood on the top step of the podium, I was still shorter than the second and third place medalists. It must have been quite a sight. Could you imagine that? He was so good at Wushu that he was smaller than his opponents who were below him. Yeah. Incredible. Um, this is interesting. According to our guess who, once as a child, when the Chinese national Wushu team went to perform for President Richard Nixon in the US of A... He was asked by Nixon to be his personal bodyguard. I'm sure he was a bit older than 12 at the time. Um, He replied, I don't want to protect any individual, Mr. Nixon. When I grow up, I want to defend my one billion Chinese countrymen. Mm -hmm. And then may the seed be laid. Um, I feel you need a little bit more of a hand. And I think this... this, Maybe, 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 yeah. I don't know anything about this question. Well... Let me give you a few more clues. Our guess who, who is a Chinese film actor, film producer, martial artist and retired Wushu champion and is a naturalised Singapore citizen. After retiring from Wushu at age 19, he retired at 19, eh? That's quite young. He went on to win great acclaim in China as an actor, making his debut here, here, here with the film Shaolin Temple, 1982. Mm -hmm. Here we go. We've got some nods, listeners. 
He went on to star in many critically acclaimed martial arts epic films, most notably as the lead in director Jang Yimou's 2002 hero Fist of Legend, which is his best acclaimed movie by Rotten Tomatoes, and the Once Upon a Time in China series, which you've seen, young Zach, with myself, in which he portrayed folk hero Wong Fei Hun. Mmm. I forgot okay, about what, the one video that you sent me. I was thinking it was no, 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 I never say to myself I'm the best fighter in the world. If someone learns martial arts solely to pick fights on the street, to lean on it as a keystone weapon in conflicts, to use it to bully and intimidate others, then that person, in my opinion, cannot be considered a true martial artist. Mm -hmm. He's a star man. Who is yeah. it? Never seen him. We've had, no. we've had, actually I can't say that, I'm being buzzed. Um, <laughs> the researchers know when I'm about to be stupid. Um, that's all you're having. Yeah. Okay, right. Um, <clears throat> yeah. Cold, a little bit warm. Answers on the I, I, was, I, was, I was warming up there and then all of a sudden it was a cold wind. <laughs> blew that happens to me on a daily basis. Yeah. The wind blew through. <laughs> okay, well we'll come back to it, okay? And uh, listeners, if you're out there now, no Googling or by doing it. Mmm, indeed. Zach, it's time for Dway the Dway. Cause this is just the way it's gonna be. Dway the Dway then, uh, true, not true. Yep. This is a little bit easier, this part of the show. <laughs> I hope so. It's gonna be easy for me because it's Chinese and I know so. Oh yes, <laughs> Ryan, you know so much. Uh, Yes, uh, thank you for that, uh, <laughs> co-host. Um, okay, so um, what I'm going to do is I'm going to give you an interesting fact, yep. and you're going to say if it's fact or fiction. Um, I'm not tricking you in any way, I just get given this, and I'm just a... I have listened to these in the past. <laughs> yeah. yes, I know you are thinking this all the time. Yeah. <laughs> okay, right. Here we go then. Dwayne uh, 95% of artificial Christmas trees are made in China. Say again, 95% of artificial Christmas trees are made in China. Merry Christmas to you all. Discuss that. <sighs> well, well it's it plausible. It is plausible, yeah. Um, um, the wisdom, I'm trying to figure out the trick bit in your question. Um, <laughs> 95%. Do you get a, you know, when you're back in France... Uh, Scotland. Uh, did you used to get the real Christmas trees to go? Yes. The... Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I love the smell of a real Christmas tree. Yeah, you can't beat it, can you? Oh. Yeah, you don't like hoovering up the needles. I was going to say, but you get, you get them now that don't drop the needles. Oh, yeah. quite genetically modified Christmas trees. Yeah. yeah. If there's one, or, or or you just have <laughs> used of children so that they can hoover it up yes. for you. That's another way of doing it. Yeah. Um, mm. Yeah, the, the, the natural Christmas tree, the real Christmas tree is a lot nicer. We always had a real one yeah. in France. Yeah. Just to get it from Ikea. And then you'd take it back and they would recycle the tree and give you a, a voucher. So it came from Sweden, did it? The I tree? guess so, somewhere, yeah, up there. Probably not, no. You used to go to Ikea and they'd have the tree in Ikea, yeah? You could buy Christmas trees in Amazing. Ikea. You could buy, yeah, yeah it was... Very easy to get a Christmas tree back there. Yeah. A real one. Do you yeah. think you can buy Christmas trees now already decorated that come to your house and they do it for you? Oh, I wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> if it's not, it's a good yeah. idea. It's I think it should be a good business. Well, I was going to say, <laughs> if your underpant market goes season, down, this is a good business for the, for the, for the off season, yeah. I think. Yeah, it's a pretty Very good seasonal, is this? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, we could put underpants with it as well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 
Hang a bra off the end. <laughs> Position of sail tree. <laughs> Where have you put your marbles? <laughs> anyway, uh, artificial Christmas trees, of course, not the real ones. Uh, what do you think about this, Zach? 95% of all artificial trees come from China. Do you think that's true? Or? Hmm. I don't think that's true. Okay, so you're going for false, but Dway. Um, you have to agree, by the way. You have to all come to a... I would say it's true. Oh, okay. So, um, on the basis that what China makes everything? Well, yes, most of ninety-five percent things everything. that everybody uses. Yeah. Um, I would have thought it certainly was true. Is it still true? You're not going to say false. It's actually ninety-four point five percent. Are you? Oh, that would be horrible. Wouldn't that's it? probably yeah, something that's what that you, you would do. As I said, <laughs> I, I'm just the voice. What comes before it is yeah, definitely yeah, not yeah, me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But what can we say this to all our listeners? You have listeners all around the world. If they're listening now and they've got an artificial <laughs> tree, please go and have a look I'm, at the label. I would go for Dwayne. I would say true. Yeah. yeah okay. True. So Zach, they're going Great. for true. So two, you're going to have to come on board here. Yeah. You're okay. Numbered. But you say false, but you're going to have to say true. You have to agree. Yeah. Numbered. Um, I don't. I'm um, fine, true. <laughs> okay, I like that. Zach. You're convinced. Yes. Uh, I just say it's true because you have to say it's true, but I still think it's not true. Well, there's a lot of things in life where you'll have to do exactly that, so good, good to learn. Yeah. Okay, so what you're saying is that there's a 95% chance of Mr. Smith, now in America or wherever they're listening now, Mrs. Mm. Smith, going to their tree and it being, say, made in China. Do they have tags on trees? I'm interested in um, check mine out. I don't know. Ours is from China, a fake tree, but what else can you do? Yeah. So, okay. So as we know that, because we it a real? here. Is it, it's not real, no. Chris, is it a real fake tree or a fake fake tree? Oh, crimes. That's, uh, it's far too early in the morning to talk like that, Mrs. Rowan. Okay, um, so 95% of artificial Christmas trees are made in China. Um, our guests today, the Rowans and Zachariah, against his will, is saying true. The answer is... It's false. He was you too well. <laughs> I said... Yeah, okay, thank you, Zach. You, you did get that right. Well done. Yes, what's the question? Um... Why did that man in National Lampoon's Christmas that we watched last night yeah. ha- got chopped down a Christmas tree itself and it was so big? Um, his uncle, Lewis, he burned down the whole tree. <laughs> and he's not even flicking the house! Yeah, well, that, that's, a, that's a few factors that, that made that happen. Number one is that guy's a bit silly, isn't he? So he went and cut his own tree down that he couldn't fit in his house. And number two, Uncle Lewis was smoking in the house, oh which is probably God. not a good Idea. Idea. But anyway, it did yeah, burn down. Um, so, unless you give me a different country, I'm going to be upset here. Yeah, okay, well, we don't like upset guests. <laughs> we never say, have that. If you say, like, it's 94.5, okay. you're going to be upset. Well, well here we go. The, the actual answer is um, so you got it wrong. Um, it's actually 85%. Oh, come on, Chris! <laughs> This we'll take this up with our researchers, but you know when you get to that level, I'm lodging a complaint. So. <laughs> so it's eighty-five percent chance then that artificial trees from China. I think we're absolutely good at that. Useless. Funny enough, eighty percent of toys are made in China. So just yeah. think about that: eighty percent of toys, eighty-five percent of Christmas trees are from China. So everyone's going to be having a Chinese Christmas. I yeah. thought all the yeah. toys were made in Lapland by Santa Claus and his elves. 
Only the Chris, the special ones. I think they are, and then they're assembled in China, like a lot of things, okay. which maybe we'll talk about later. <laughs> uh, but that really does mean, and listeners, you haven't, been to, you haven't been to China before. It's the most unchristmassy place at this time of year, isn't it? It really is. It really is, yes. It this, really is. Yeah, which but, is um, uh, a bit sad for us expats sometimes. Um, so now that Square is very Christmassy at the moment. In Macau. Mm. In Macau. Yeah, oh, that's really true. Nice. Beautiful decorations. Yeah. Yeah. Of course, Macau, a little, little bit different. A little bit different. Yeah. It's, uh, but, um, it's as close as we get. Yes, you're right. It's yeah. just over the water from us yeah. Juhionians. Our factory is very Christmassy. We've got a lovely Christmas tree. Mm. I'll look at the label and see where it comes from. Have a look. Let us know. Yeah. Um, send, us, send us an email. Send us a postcard. Info at ChinaJedi.com. Um, let's move swiftly on. Do you, do, you, do you do have a range of Christmas underpants, though? I'm quite interested. Um, we, because I'm, I need to buy something for the wife. Um, yeah. We don't, any, um, any, any knockoffs? <laughs> no chance. Absolutely um, no, no chance that. Production's um, that hot, hey, yeah, friend. If there were any knockoffs. <laughs> In the yeah, game. No, that's... Behind, that's um, no. no chance. Definitely no, no. Uh, we have no, done... Um, there, you do get... So, uh, it's not what you would imagine a Christmas theme, but you do get, um, you know, we've done in the past, the, glit- uh, the, the glitter, glitter one, a nice candy cane striped glitter one, which was done at Christmas time, and a, and a red and white, uh, which it was quite a lot oh, of hard nice. work to do. Like a Wes um, Wally kind of. Kind of, yeah. Um, so, you know, there's stuff like that. But uh, it, it depends on the brands. And, yes. And it depends on what they're, they're, they're looking for and what they want to do with their, their shops. Okay. Well, looking at what we've got coming next. Lots of sparkly things, yeah. Okay, sparkly yeah. on pants. Yeah. Oh, you really do have quite an interesting job, Mr. Yeah, Rowan. Yeah, um, but look at what's next. This is, I think this is going to roll quite well. <laughs> okay, it's okay. time to get stuck into, um, yeah, you know, China Jedi topic time. Ting badong, you got it all right. China Jedi topic time then. Oh, this topic, or should I say question, uh, for this week, listeners, has been sent in from a Miss Helen Back in Guangzhou. And Miss Helen Back says, why are so many things made in China bad quality? Why are so many things, oh dear, uh, made in China bad quality? Example, door handles, paintbrushes, shoes, cleaning equipment, zips, toys, ice cream copies, crisps. Uh, and I'm, I'm actually not going to continue. Um, it's, Christmas, it's Christmas trees on there. Christmas trees, <laughs> yeah. Christmas trees and, and, and all sorts of stuff. Okay, that's interesting. That's interesting. Yeah, and, and of course, you've been in the manufacturing yeah, business. Yeah. I've done some manufacturing as before. So hopefully we're going to really split that question apart. Okay. Because I think it has some, um, I think a lot of our listeners mm. could uh, resonate to something what's there. Before mm. we start this, can I yeah. preface it? Researchers always um, give me a little bit of nice intro stuff uh, okay. to set the scene, okay. shall I say. So, it, here we go. It was the night before Christmas. Yes. <laughs> oh, no, that scene. Okay. It was the night before Christmas <laughs> when scandals about poisoned baby milk, um, contaminated pet food, mm. and dangerous toys from China have raised questions about manufacturing standards in this mm. country we live in, um, that has literally become the factory of the world, hasn't it? Yes. Uh, mm-hmm. China. In China's offence, um, it was probably inevitable that as production grew, so would the problems associated with it, at least in the short term. Similarly, it could be argued that China is going through the same quality cycle that occurred during Japan's post-war developments or America's manufacturing boom in the late 19th century. Um, But obviously now we're in an environment with infinitely more 
um, scrutiny. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I think just that's a little preface yeah, here. Yeah, um, to interesting, that, interesting. Because let's not just centre out it being China. I think we need to look at how it's how it's kind of developed. So I think on that, I think we should go really straight to our first-hand experience. You have underpants and maybe other things, and, mm-hmm. and also myself, because I've done some manufacturing. Mm-hmm. So hit me with it. I mean, has Helen Back got a point to that? <sighs> okay, uh, of course she's got a point. Mm. Um, I think it's a wee bit easy to say. Um, it's easy to... Yeah, it's easy. It's easy. It's, it's, um, I think it's a complex subject. Yeah. Um, yes, And indeed. I think there's, there's complex factors uh, I don't have much experience of manufacturing other things other than underwear. That's <laughs> actually been my whole my whole career. Um, but um, I've been uh, in different countries where uh, and manufacturing has been made in different countries. Okay. So quality, um, you, you can have bad quality made anywhere if the process and everything that's around that manufacturing isn't done right mm-hmm. whether it's China or Tunisia or Morocco or France or whatever yeah. um, they can all do good quality and they can all do bad quality so a lot of it is to do with um, the manufacturing processes I think that's the technical aspect of it I think there's a big factor that comes from um, cost so uh, okay mm. I mean we, we, we fashion uh, business uh, is is very it's all about you know low cost uh, quick turnover um, if you want to you know buy a pair of blue jeans you would probably put a bit more money into it be prepared to go and you know buy, put some money in for a pair of Levi's or whatever yeah uh, when you're going to fashion you're going to if you want to go Primark and all these kind of places you want it fast you want it cheap it's throw away. It's going to. It's not going to last rea- long. The reality is that people don't. You know, if they can get something cheap. That, yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. You say well, you get what you pay for. That's right. Yeah, but yeah. that, that also after, has, um, a bargain. Yeah, sure. And and that puts pressure on manufacturers mm-hmm. because it's so cheap. The manufacturers have got to make money as well. And if you're pushing them so that they can't even get a margin, then they start cutting corners. And start doing things cheaply, and start looking for uh, cheaper sources of the raw materials, mm. um, and that has an effect, an effect on quality. If you're buying something that's you know it's a pair of trousers and you only want to pay um, you know eighty why, you're not going to get good quality material. Mm. Okay, so your underpants. Do you make your underpants at the same place, or do you have lots of places that do parts of the underpants and it comes together? This is a big thing in China, in my experience. I'll talk about it in a minute. Mm. But is it all done in your? We we have underpants. Yeah, we actually. we have we have two locations. Um, so we we are working in, in in two different countries: China and Vietnam. Okay. Um, Whereabouts in Vietnam? Love Vietnam. Um, yeah, it's, it's outside Hanoi. It's um, okay. It's, it's pretty good. Our factories. Um, you know, we work in in a way where uh, all our quality processes are are done to extreme levels uh, and we are considered very high quality and uh, we have a lot of trust from our suppliers and we are doing lots of third party testing right checking that you know all the, the there's, there's no formaldehyde that uh, the dye stuffs that are used are mm. all the correct dye stuffs I and mean, there's all technical mm. stuff around that you know whether it's um, that doesn't matter. But we do all that testing. We spend a fortune sending things out to get tested. Right. Uh, you know, I, we have a laboratory um, and we have, you know, a schedule of people working in that, testing things to make sure that um, what we're doing is the right thing. 
So, you know, not everyone does that. No, no, indeed. And we're talking about a massive country here. I mean, about factories here. I should actually statistically have that here, but I don't. But, you know, there's a lot more chance of things maybe decisions being made that maybe might not be so moral or ethical happening in a place where there's so much going on, right? Sure. Um, but if you're going to reputable brands, then they're making in China, and they're generally making reasonable quality. Mm-hmm. Um, and they have to do reasonable quality because the image of their brand is important, and they don't want to be dragged through the press for sure for bad things. Um, <clears throat> it's when you go out of that regulation that things start falling apart. So I think that's maybe where... How I experienced China back years ago when I came to manufacture a product I was making in England at the time, a, a cigarette bin mm-hmm. um, for the smoking laws in, in yeah. England, uh, and I sold many of them, but we manufactured in Jiangmen, which is actually what brought me over here okay. for, for the first, I've never really talked about this, especially on the podcast, but we were manufacturing in Jiangmen, and I'd come out here three times a year to do quality control checks. Yeah. Of course, I couldn't con- quality control two and a half thousand units, uh, you know, in a few days. It's just not possible. Uh, so there had to be a bit of trust. But what I found was, and, you know, it wasn't told to me by the agent I was working with, was that making this bin was actually, there were eight different factories involved, which means there's eight possible chances of things not going right. Yeah. Or should I say not being on the same level as how it was communicated and agreed in contract and stuff with my agent and the first manufacturer I dealt with. So, you know, the more you go into these things, it becomes cloudier and yeah. there's many different places that you start to find. So it's complex, yeah? It's very complex. Like, like we yeah. said. So that was my experience. And we had some... I remember the first order uh, that came and I had orders waiting to go out to the governments in England. I'd gone over, all over England to get these orders. I opened the boxes and I was, I was nearly in tears. I looked at the locking mechanism and I turned it and it just pinged off, you know. Oh, man. I was like, oh, no, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? Um, but, you know, you get round it. Um, and, of course, in China, what I found is one of the reactions of suppliers is, oh, we'll just send you some new ones. Yeah. But that's, that's not the point, yeah? yeah. They're still probably going to ping yeah. off. Yeah. 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 <laughs> but it's, it's, you know, it's a learning process, isn't it? Uh, yeah. you, you, as, as we go through these things, um, uh, people learn about, uh, about, about how to get things right. And uh, you know, I think it's human nature as well. When you want people and you just want it cheap and, and they're giving you a good price and you're saying, oh, I need it cheaper, I need it cheaper, I need it cheaper. You can't expect them to take any care about what they're doing on, for you. Yeah. Let's, and so I think there's a lot, is a lot of the onus for the bad qualities on the people who are purchasing. Yeah. Interesting point. And there's this research I put in front of me. A guy who was a, he was a consultant out here doing a lot. He worked in lots of different cities, um, setting up businesses, managing uh, product lines for, for Western companies. This was back actually in, you know, the early 2000s when, mm-hmm. you know, it was really necessary to have, yeah. if, you, if you were importing stuff from China, to have someone with a bit of knowledge to be the coming yeah. in between. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And he says, this is quite interesting, a little bit of background. And most firms spend way too much time thinking about what they are making and not nearly enough time thinking about how they will make it. Yeah. Yeah. You know, can you do this to me uh, for this uh, Mr. Chinese manufacturer? And of course, in most cases, oh, of course. <laughs> not. Yeah. 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 Uh, and of course, the real problem is when the person who wants it made doesn't really know how it's made. So let's assume for a minute that you're asking why Chinese firms turn out poor quality products on their own, which is what Miss Helen Back from Guangzhou is asking. Not all factories do. 
Yeah, I think we have to we have to say this. Absolutely. Some factories, especially those that have exported products on their own or worked as contract manufacturers for Western firms, which mm. will be yourselves, yeah. uh, will consistently and without excessive guidance turn out high quality underpants. I'm oh, sorry, high quality uh, products. <laughs> yeah, it's on my mind. Um, yeah. However, there are an equal number of factories that will turn out anything you ask them to produce, like we just said, defaulting to minimum cost and minimum quality unless otherwise specified. Um, and there are a number of factories here that are worth exploring. Um, I think we should delve deeper here because yeah. this really is quite intriguing. Yeah. First and foremost, uh, listeners, Chinese domestic market consumers generally, it's changing, but for now, go for either the best product or the cheapest product. So if you're not making the best, you're racing to the bottom to make the cheapest. Yeah. Chinese consumers are not generally looking at quality. It's assumed that if you want quality, then you buy the best one. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, you just buy the cheap one. So manufacturers are not rewarded for making incrementally better products. Now, that's interesting. That's a cultural thing. And I think, yeah. in a way, if anyone's dealing with China, that's something to really know. Yeah. Is that the chapter don't like to do? <laughs> well, there's, there's an extreme. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, no, I think, I, think, I think you're right. I think you're right. Um, and I think that middle, that middle area is beginning to evolve. Um, hmm. As people have a, a little bit more disposable income... But not enough to go to the top yeah. end. Um, but they still want something that's a little bit better. As countries develop. Yeah, that's, absolutely. I think, probably seen with all yeah. countries. Yeah. Um, on top of this race to the bottom mentality, I mean, we should call yeah. it, is the attitude of customer service taken by some mainland firm. Now, customer service listeners, I'm sure this has a massive beep, beep, beep. Okay, so since production, <laughs> costs, <laughs> since production costs are very cheap and few people generally call to complain about their cheap products, the customers that do complain of issues are usually given new product by the supplier. China is one of the few places where a supplier having to replace a defective product several times is uh, tolerated, shall I say, by consumers. And in the eyes of some suppliers, this is just not an issue. Yeah. Yeah. And lastly, with lax enforcement of a lot of product safety requirements, many Chinese domestic suppliers become accustomed to cutting corners where possible. Yeah. Yeah. We all like to get there quicker than if we go the long way. Yeah. 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 Plastic too expensive? Add some regrind material back into the hopper. Solder hard to work with? Use the one with lead in it as it flows a bit better. Mm. Price of copper rising? Get thinner printed circuit boards. Get the idea. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's, it's as regulations to, to govern all these lead and, and all that sort of stuff, as they increase, costs increase because it becomes harder to do things. But we don't want the cost of our our phones to go up. We don't want the cost of our T-shirts to go up. Actually, we want it a little bit cheaper, but we still want it to be good. It doesn't work. It's, it's You're going in two different directions. And yeah, you drive, what did you call it there? The um, drive to the bottom? Or the drive to the bottom. Yeah, race, race to the bottom. Race to the bottom. It's, it's absolutely that. Yeah, it, it, absolutely right. Are you actually saying then that we are causing this problem? So the, 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 yes, of course. The demand. Of course. If everyone wants to drink Coca-Cola, Coca-Cola is going to be available. Yeah. And I like a good Coke. Yeah, that's nothing bad against Coke. We don't want Coca-Cola phoning us up on China Jedi and saying, hey, this is an extortion of our brand. It's just an example. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. But if they wanted to send you a pack of Coca-Cola, you would be accepting. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, and, 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 a, and a nice um, red envelope. Have you heard? Um, have you heard? Have you heard? Of, red, red is the <laughs> Have you heard of quality fade in your quality industry? Quality fade. Yeah. yeah. Well, I'm sure if there's manufacturers, this is, this is quite a... 
Oh, well, I've read about it. You have read about quality yeah. Well, as the Chinese factories transform what were, in fact, profitless contracts into lucrative relationships. So what, what, basically what happened was I mean, in the early days, a Chinese manufacturer would take on a job and just do it to get the customer and actually not be making money. Mm-hmm. It was just, you know, get this get big the contract. Yeah, get, get the get contract. The contract and then, and then... We're, well, that's going to go. Yeah. So the production cycle this person talks about, he sees, is the opposite of the theoretical model of continuous improvement, um, which, of course, Japan, if you've ever studied business, talks about Kaizen, continuous yeah, improvement. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Theoretically, it's marvellous. Um, after resolving teething problems and making products that match specifications, innovation inside the factory turns to cutting costs, often in ways that range from unsavoury to damn right dangerous. Packaging is cheapened, chemical formulations altered, sanitary standards curtailed, and on and on, in a series of continual product debasements. And of course, this doesn't happen to your knickers. Um, In a further effort to create a margin, clients from countries, this is something, uh, with strong intellectual property protection and innovative products are given favourable pricing on manufacturing. So, you know, with the big orders... They give you really good prices, um, but only because that very factory can then directly sell knockoffs mm-hmm. to buyers in other countries where patents and trademarks are ignored. Now, a lot of this uh, would go on. So we're satisfied with a big customer. Uh, but in the meantime, that product we developed, we'll sell it for more um, in somewhere where there's not too much regulations yeah. and things like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, nothing, of course, going on in your realm. Of- far from it. Far from it. We... we um... It's it's all based around trust for what we do. Um, but that, that happened. In, but that that's, happened in France. It's happened in France. I mean, that thing's not exclusive. No, it's to, not exclusive. It to did happen. Uh, absolutely, that's it happened in France to a, a brand. I won't mention the brand, but um, where they had uh, basically you, you could order garments on, on off a catalogue, which was an independent manufacturing process being done in France, in production lines in France, right. and, they, and they were selling it off to, to the mates, or, or, and, and they had a catalogue. And we, they reckoned it was five million euros <laughs> worth. Mm-hmm. Five million euros worth over three years. Wow. Yeah. And that's in France. So, you know, it's not a specifically China thing. That's where I think no. China is... It, it was it 84.5 or something percent... Um, is made in China, not 1990. 80, 80, I think you said 95, it was 10% less than 95%. <laughs> not much, but considerable. Of course, if you're a, a Kazi uh, monopoly of manufacturing being done here, the number of incidences that are visible are, are, are much, much bigger. But it happens everywhere. Yeah, I, so I, it's not a Chinese... No. Flail are, are a particularly Chinese problem. It's a manufacturing problem, and the fact that everybody wants it cheap. I just think in the media, this Ruth, would you agree with this? Made in China labels become very synonymous with low cost and low quality. Mm. It's just it's just a stereotype in a way. Yeah, that's what it used to be. Um, previously, made in Japan, made in Taiwan, wasn't it? Made in Hong Kong. Made in Hong, Hong, yeah, yeah, made in Hong Kong. Remember that? Yeah, oh, so yeah. China's become the next full guy in a way. It's yeah, and, and and it will change again. Yeah, when manufacturing becomes too expensive in China and it moves to Vietnam and places like yeah, little bit oh. back to yeah. England, made in Cambodia, made in England, yeah, back in England, made in Leeds. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's shite. <laughs> but but on on China's positive note, yeah, people yeah. have really enjoyed good high quality products from China. I mean, let, let's yes. let's talk about a few. Man, you, you go to a shop like Shanghai Tang, 
made in China. Oh, Chinese okay. design. Furniture. Quality, quality of fabrics, quality yeah. of manufacturing is just astounding. Textiles, furniture, tea, dishware, you know, incredibly yes. unique, beautifully uh, quality products. The skill yeah. levels are, are, are fantastic. Yeah, and I just think China's become this factory of the world, you know, it's kind of diluted itself. Mm. Uh, yeah, but it's easy, says what people it's, it's, like you said, it's easy to talk about the bad stuff. Yeah. And nobody talks about the good stuff and all the good stuff that does come out of here. Well, this is interesting. Um, this shift of China becoming known as bad for quality reflects a combination of consumer experience and influence of media coverage mm. uh, related to Chinese made products. And they did a study. Um, this, this is, uh, we like a bit of studies. To test the relationship between news coverage and public opinion, researchers asked 120 college students to read a story about products made in China. Okay? Mm -hmm. The story, originally published in the New York Times, was rewritten in two versions. One focused on the risks, and the other one focused on the benefits. After reading the story, students were asked what they thought about buying and using products made in China, and their thoughts on the country as a whole. They saw, as you can imagine, a significant influence on opinions related to how the story was framed. As expected, those reading the story focused on risks formed more negative views, and those reading about the benefits had more positive views. Yep. Mm -hmm. um, so I think you get a lot more of those negative, oh look, this has come off, or you know, a young child has swallowed this, or something like this, than you do the good, yeah? Yeah. Well, you don't get breaking news. Um, a shipment <laughs> from China was found to be conformed. You don't get that, do you? Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we, tested, because... we tested it and found nothing wrong. It's not exactly sexy news. No. Maybe, yeah, maybe you do on Chinese news channels. <laughs> but why not? It's a good thing. It's, uh, it's, 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 good, to be, it's good to be positive. Okay, marvellous. So that's, that's really interesting. As always, we've gone far too long uh, on this issue. Um, but Zach, what's your opinion on Chinese quality products? Okay, well, <laughs> lovely. Yes, uh, he's drifting off in there. You're, you're boring, my son. Sorry. <laughs> As we always... I do have this effect on people. <laughs> well, I hope we're not boring the listeners too much. But on, on a sum up, though, uh, you've been in the manufacturing game, and I've been in it a little bit. What I would say, if anyone's out there now looking to manufacture in China, don't go in with your eyes closed. Yes. Yeah? Do yeah. it right. Do it right. And I would also say, if you're going to get something manufactured here, have someone on the ground if you're not going to be here. Totally. Um, like you said, uh, quality control people, outsource, get people in who are going to be there uh, to make sure your specifications... And make it clear what you want. Yes, very true. That's, that's the important thing. And make it clear again yeah. and again yeah. Yeah. and again. And up front, because then it's designed for requirement. Yeah, marvellous. Yeah. yeah. Ruth, anything you'd like to add on this before we tipple off for a bit of Bailey's? Oh, Bailey's? <laughs> <laughs> Another one? <laughs> move on. Okay, great. Well, there you go. As always, listeners, providing you with some marvellous tips from inside um, <laughs> China. Okay, well, you know what time it is for now? Hmm. It's a bit of Chinese. Jingle, jangle, jongwen. I wanted to make it real simple. Jingle, jangle, jongwen. Then let's learn a bit of Chinese. So, of course, uh, you're most of the time out and about in your factory yep. making things. Yep. And uh, Ruthie, you're, you know, about... Doing, I'm out and about doing my things. Doing your things. Yes. 
bit of Chinese then is always necessary, I would say, just to make things a bit smoother. Yep. Uh, do you have anything uh, interesting that you kind of use a lot? Um, one of your cells, maybe, would pick uh, who wants to come up with a good phrase? Um, use? I don't know if it's a good phrase or not, but um, sort of continuing our manufacturing thing. Okay, great, um, yeah. When would you kind of use Because that's, you know, we do a lot of looking at quality. And so with, uh, you know, with my teams and, and, and the people when we're in laboratories, quite often you'll be looking at something, judging its quality, judging its conformity. So you'd, I would turn around and, and, and ask them, uh, need to add some yang. Okay, need to add some yang. Yeah. So before, laboratory, there are underpant laboratories? There are indeed. Oh, it's amazing. I wow. went to visit them. Oh, you the should see some of the machines. They've got <laughs> rooms full of washing machines. Okay. But they have Japanese washing machines, American washing machines. Just Chinese to see how the, how the quality happens. Yeah. if they're selling to Japan, then the things that they sell to Japan will be washed in Japanese wash. washing machines. Yeah. Yeah. It's all standardised. And they've got jungle... Jungle testing. Jungle, jungle test, testing. Yeah. And hang on a minute. <laughs> hang on, right. Number one, do you do all of your clothes washing at your factory? <laughs> no, no, no. no, no. Okay, right. Well, this week we're doing it in Japan. <laughs> uh, uh, okay, so number two, what's the jungle machine? A jungle test. Um, you, we, we put... We put um, it's a little cabinet, and you'll put um, a bra or, 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 or material. Or Do we need to put this? No. Um, um, and oh. you put it in there at, say, um, 70 degrees Celsius and 90% mm. humidity, and you'll put it in there for a week. Oh, wow. And see what happens under extreme conditions. It's accelerated ageing. Perfect. See I feel as if I've been in that machine <laughs> in the last two hours. <laughs> well, it's glad that we can provide an experience just like the jungle machine. Yeah. China jungle. There you go. Yeah. Okay, lovely. So back to Nijo Edwards and Yang. So you'd say this, yeah, when you're looking at yeah, looking at colour or something like that. Yeah. Okay, so let's let's break that down. Nijo Edwards and Yang. So you've got Ni, yeah. which of course is third tone, meaning you. you. Yeah. yeah. You. Then we've got Juedda, uh, Juedda. So we've got the second tone, Jue. Da, fourth tone, Jueda, which basically means to uh, feel. Yeah, think or feel. Like, yeah. yeah, think, think. feel. Is that right, Zach? Not feel, think. More think, think yeah. So, Nijueda would be you think. Mm. Yeah. You think. Okay. But in, Ch- but in English, the two, the two words at the first beginning will make sense, but the other two words on the ending will not make sense. Well, that's what we're going to come to, because the, the last part of this sentence that Gordon used a lot... The last person in the room is the most expert. <laughs> yes, <laughs> marvellous. We, we should learn from the young more often. It's a little one. Um, of course, we've got Nijerada, so you think, and then we've got um, Zuma, as in third tone, Zuma, and then Yang, which is fourth tone, Zuma, Yang. So Zuma, Yang, now I know this from my limited Chinese, it's got many meanings. Um, Zach, you want to know what Zuma, Yang means? How would you say that? What's Zumiyang in English? Zumiyang? Um, how you doing? Yeah, like, how, how you doing? I mean, it, it means a lot in Chinese. When I'm angry, Zumiyang means it's none of your business. Zumiyang. I didn't know that. Yeah. When you're in peace, it means what's the matter? What's up? So, needs waiting, Zumiyang. You recently, yeah, recently how, you, how are you yeah, doing? Yeah, yeah. Um, when a girl's wearing a new dress, Gordon, well, when a girl's wearing some new underpants, it means... <laughs> What about my new dress? Is it beautiful? To me, yeah. Yeah. She's just put them on. and I hope you don't have that in your factory a lot. Uh, Okay, uh, Ruth, let's move on. Uh, When when a friend (laughs) has a 
who hasn't seen you for a long time, yeah. it means what's going on. What's up? Yeah. Tell me, Anne. How's it hanging? Yeah. How's, how's, how's it hanging? <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's move on again, Ruth. Um, uh, uh, yes, uh, when you're doing something, then your partner asks you... It means how about the things you're doing now, the, yeah, the process. Yeah. So going back to your quality thing, need you added Zemiang would mean kind of... What, what, do you, what do you think? Yeah. What do you reckon? Have we got that right, Zach? Mm. Need you added Zemiang, what, what do you think? What, how about that? Um, I think a little bit. I think there's one tiny mistake. Okay, tiny hit, mistake. hit us. What, what, what does it mean then, need you added Zemiang? Um, in English, I think... You feeling, um, you think, you feeling, you think. Wow, interesting. So basically, how are you, what do you think? What do you think about that? Yeah, mm. yeah. yeah, kind of how, in that way. What's your, what's your thinking? What's your feeling about this? How do this? you feel about how, yeah. So that's when Gordon looks at underpants, <laughs> he, he, um, in his factory, he says, what do you think about that? Yeah. yeah. Okay, so that's a good one. Yeah. So let's, let's, let's all say it again. Um, Gordon, crack out with it. Need you add some young. Need you add some young. Probably better than all of us. Like my twins are the worst. <laughs> no, not no. I'm not a twin specialist. <laughs> no, certainly mine uh, will be the worst. Okay, marvellous. Uh, always love a bit of Christmas Chinese. Thank you very much. Uh, it's time to get into uh, Jedi Sith of the Week. Oh, we chat waiting, we chat waiting, we chat waiting me. Jedi Sith of the Week then, Christmas, so let's try and remain a little bit positive. Uh, <laughs> normally I like to do, let's get the Siths out of the way first, uh, mm. the negatives, and then we can focus Ooh. on the on the positives. Who's going to go first here with this well, Sith? You've got the same one. We have the same one. Oh, great, yeah. We Absolutely. have a joint Sith. A joint yeah. Sith. How Sith. Sith. Darth Sith. Uh, <laughs> right, Sith of thought then. Yeah. Okay, so... Noise pollution yeah. from the nightclubs down in Huafa Century City. Yes. Mm. One club is in One particular. particular yeah. yeah. We have a running battle. Yeah. So it's been a battle for about the last year. Since the nightclub opened. Since it opened. Um, okay. And yeah. uh, it's just, it's atrocious. And I don't understand why it's allowed to happen. Where you have this bass. It's not even that you hear the music. You feel the bass. The vibrations. The vibrations yeah. in an apartment yeah. on the 14th floor. Um, and it's, that's all through the night, every night until five o'clock in the morning. Until the taxi, <laughs> until the taxis arrive. And then they start beeping, do they? Yeah, because yeah, of all the construction. And then in the morning when you go down, there's... Oh, uh, yeah. Yes. yes. <laughs> People drinking too much and yeah. bringing it all uh, back. There's and been a bit of reverse peristalsis going on. <laughs> <laughs> that's not pleasant. No. And um, a lot of people are complaining. And we can't get anything done about it. And we can't get anything done about it. So that's a, a really a really big... Um, that's our big fifth. Yeah, big fifth. What's, what's quite bizarre, or maybe not, is that whenever we've played music... You see, you play music too, yeah, don't you? Yeah. You're, mm-hmm. you're a good guitarist and singer. Um, and we've had practices in houses and stuff. You know, no doubt, well, the neighbour will come up and knock, or they'll tell the security guy, more indirect, mm-hmm. um, and they'll come up and tell us to stop playing, and of course we, we stop playing. And yeah. this is before 10 o'clock. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So how a nightclub gets away with it when they are very close to a commune of... Uh, yeah, we could only imagine um, certain things clearly uh, need to be sorted mm-hmm. out. Yeah. Uh, and we... we um, 
one of the girls at Gordon's work, Connie, who's been absolutely brilliant and helped us a lot through all the time that we've been here. Mm. Um, they call the hotline every day. There's a hotline Noise number. Hotline, yeah. And it, it doesn't There's seem nothing. to have any effect at all. None. Well, I think we can all make our conclusions up from that, can't we, listeners, as well? Mm. Yes, uh, I think so. So, yeah. answers on a postcard, please. Suggestions. <laughs> Info at chinajedi.com. Thank yes. you very much, Mrs. Yes. Rowe. Okay, so you sifts out there with nightclubs. Number one, play some decent music. I mean, that's the first thing. Yeah. Yeah. And all well, they need to do is turn on the bass. Don't know, don't know, we've got it. It's, yes. not, it's not rocket science. Boom, 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 boom. No, 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 don't miss, please. Okay, yeah. well, at least you don't need to buy a vibrating bed, do you? No. No. <laughs> <laughs> no right. Oh, where's, that, yeah. where's the Christmas list? <laughs> <laughs> okay. So uh, my sif, uh, on the whole note of Christmas, is Christmas tree lights manufactured in China. Oh. I I just they're supposed to blink. Yeah. <laughs> it's working. It's not. It's you working. Ignore it's, that. It's, it's, it's working. They not. blink. I don't know. They blink. I mean, it's it's. Did they blow up? It's a constant. They've got about eight settings. They've gone over the top. Okay. All you want is to just turn it on. I don't need blinking. I yeah. just want nice yellow lights. Yeah. It, literally, when you unwind them and put them around the tree and one of them will stop working or the, like the other day I pressed the button and it just sprang off. I'm talking about quality. Yeah. But you get what you pay for. They're like 20 quai off yeah. about. Yeah. So there you go. Are there um, high branded ones maybe made um, probably? Probably yeah. in the same factory. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Christmas lights. Yeah, yeah. Actually, it was an interesting question I wanted to ask. Oh, I'd be told. Yeah, okay, <laughs> moving on. Moving on. Um, for another podcast. So that's mine. Uh, Christmas tree lights. Be careful, listeners, if you buy them cheaply on Taobao. Uh, okay, Jedi's. Let's stay positive here in Christmas spirit. Um, have you got some Jedi's to give us, please? Um. Well, my, my Jedi is my mum. Oh, lovely. She'll be 91 in January. Um, wow. Going back to see her uh, in a couple of weeks' time. Okay, um, great. And she's not been too well at the moment, so uh, mm. it's uh, important to go back and see her. And uh, she's brilliant and mm. um, uh, never touched a computer in her life. Um, we got her an iPad before we come out here and she FaceTimes. Oh, marvellous. And, and all that kind of stuff. Not always at the right time. <laughs> Remember to switch your ringtone off at night. <laughs> the, uh, the, the time difference can get a bit confusing. Um, but, uh, yeah, she's, um, she's magic. So, uh, that, that's great. Um, number one, whereabouts is she in England at this point in time? In Scotland. Right, in Scotland. Whereabouts in Scotland? In, in, in a, a, wee, a wee place called Cumnock. Okay, come look. In Ayrshire. And yeah. it's cold there at the moment, isn't it? It is. Yeah, it's cold. It's cold in summer. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, and the name of your mother, of course. Christina. Christina, Christina Rowan. Christy 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 yeah. So, Chrissy Rowan, uh, yeah. this is a, a, a shout out from China Jedi uh, yeah. with your lovely son. And uh, we do all hope that you get better soon. Yeah. Yes. Um, so, there you go. Merry Christmas to you. Have a great Christmas. Um, Ruth, uh, your Jedi. I think I'm going to remain on the family theme. Yeah. Maybe more than one person. Just family in general. Um, okay, you're bunching it up into... Lovely. Yes, our family who've been very supportive of our decision to come out here. Yep. It's not been easy nope. being apart, mm. especially when times are yes. health-wise. Yep. Um, yeah. 
But you'll be going. Oh, you're, you're, you're going back to see them, aren't you? In, yes, in the well, next few weeks, so. I will be going back. Obviously, we've gone to see mm. Chrissy. We always have to split between France for the kids, yeah. Yeah. England, England for, for my parents, and, and then Scotland, Scotland for my family. So, so we feel very torn. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, it's been it's difficult. That's always times. a hard part. But you know, the boys are twenty six and twenty four now, so. Yeah. They've got their lives, but it's it's you know this particular time of year is a lot of pressure. You from, mm, yeah, you're surrounded by you know it's a family time. Well, it is. It and is. John Lewis adverts and yeah. <laughs> so we're just <laughs> disappearing <laughs> off to Yangshuo for three days yeah. over Christmas. And yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Yes, that's. Uh, but that, yeah, that's family. family. Okay, well, I, I definitely share that 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 sentiment um, to all the families out there. Really, have a, a wonderful. Christmas, and I know a lot of our listeners who live in abroad, they know exactly what we're talking about, yeah, feeling yeah, it yeah, at, yeah. at this time of year. So, yes, wonderful. Thank you. Um, my Jedi is um, okay. Well, on the Chinese note, you know uh, Leo Chin, Chin Liu, yeah, Chin, my yes. great friend who I used yes. to work with at the health center, and yep. mm-hmm. she's helping us on this project now. We're launching a new series, of Next Generation, aimed at Chinese students yep. and really kind of showing them off to the world. Mm-hmm. Uh, these wonderfully gifted uh, children that have all that you could possibly imagine. We're going to see what they want to do with it, because they need to do positive things with it and Mm -hmm. go out and be real Jedis to the world. The world certainly needs it. So Chin Liu, she's she's helped a lot on the projects with translating and uh, all types of things. Uh, Of course, she used to do Tai Chi with us. Yeah, Chin Chin is um, absolutely brilliant. Um, Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Lovely, lovely edit. So, uh, Chin, you are my uh, Jedi for this week. Thank you so much. And America's with you. And uh, with that, let's move into CJ Plug Time. Pluggy Plug. Plugity plug 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 <laughs> dot com. <laughs> <laughs> if you enjoy listening to the China Jedi podcast and want to get involved, either by asking a question, expressing your opinion, good or bad, light or dark, or even appearing as a special guest, then get in touch by emailing our team at info at chinajedi.com. That's info at chinajedi.com. <laughs> May the smile be with you. Okay, uh, let's finish the pod off then in, in <laughs> under two hours, I hope. Uh, as you said, it's a Christmas said, special. Yeah. What was he said? A short chat. <laughs> yeah. uh, another Bailey's gone. Uh, okay, so, let's plug away then. Uh, something good in the community around the world. Uh, ladies first. Ruth, you like I to... would like right. to plug the Yashi Village Organic Vegetables. Which, of course, is just outside Juhai. Or... Uh, Jiangmen. In Jiangmen. Yeah, very used to manufacture. Yeah, and um, so each week I organise a, a sale of organic vegetables. Um, all proceeds go back to the, the village. It's a project that was set up by um, an Italian priest. Um, is he still yeah. there? Father Roberto yeah, is Father... still there. Oh, but the, the, apparently, I, I, didn't, I thought it was Father Roberto who established these um, communities. Yeah. In fact, it's not just one community and they have over 60 communities throughout okay. China. Um, so the, the, the priest who originally started these communities unfortunately died recently, but at the ripe old age of, I think it was 100 or oh, wow. 80 something. Wow. His funeral was um, a couple of weeks ago in Macau. Okay. Um, so yes, I organised the uh, sale of organic vegetables. Okay, you do that every week? Yes. Oh, lovely. And mm. if anybody's interested, um, yeah, to contact me by email or through Chris, 
yourself. Well, I, I think for, yeah, come to China, come to China, China Jedi. Yeah, uh, contact the China Jedi, and we can forward your contact on if you want organic vegetables. I guess they deliver in the Juhai area. Deliveries on a Tuesday um, down in Huafa Century City, outside the Garden Restaurant, from twelve thirty onwards. Between twelve thirty and one o'clock. But you have to order in advance. We have to, yes, you have to order in advance. But um, again, come down expecting. If people want uh, information about that, then. Yeah, please contact, contact us. Yeah, we'd be happy to, to connect. Nothing like good organic veg. Um, yeah, it's fantastic. I've Quality. tried. Yeah, I've tried the rocket salad, the arugula. Yeah. It's, that's wonderful. I grow a lot of that yeah. Yeah, from Italy. Yeah. Uh, I've been to the farm. It's marvelous. So mm. thank you for for rehashing that. That's, yes. that's great. Mm. They recently suffered a lot from the, the typhoon. Oh, the typhoon, yeah. of course. Yeah. Wild as the wind. Yeah. yeah. Wild. Okay. Yes. Um, so they're rebuilding at the moment. Um, yeah, there are things going on. I don't know whether we've got time to go into that or whether we should. But well, we, we, um, we can uh, definitely... Yeah. I think that's Maybe a great podcast in itself because yeah. it's, a, it's a worthy yeah. cause and, and great things going on there. Yeah. So yes. if you want good veg, then so please contact us there. Yeah. Plug of the week. Lovely, thank you very much. Uh, Gordon, plug away. Um, I think I'll do one for myself. Yeah, why not? Why not? For, uh, for the Hot Pots. Uh, who are uh, 20... Um, Hong Kong girl um, whom I work with, and uh, Karina, Danish girl here in uh, in Juhai. Yeah, yeah, no, Karina. And yeah. Um, you know we uh, we play at bars, local bars, places like um, in the Lounge Factory, uh, Irish Cova. Yeah, around Juhai. Um, doing some um, just some good pop music. Mm. Um, so it's always good for a, a night out. You can have a blather, you can have a dance, depending on what you feel like. And uh, we'll be playing at a bar near you soon. That's very true, and I will concur with that. The hot pots, marvellous uh, trio, uh, trio sometimes, yes. sometimes duo, sometimes trio. Gordon yeah. on the guitar. I know you sing as well. And Katrina's got a wonderful singing voice as well, and you do yeah. a lot of um, really nice covers. Yeah. 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 Uh, yes, and uh, always bring a lot of good energy yeah. uh, to the place. So look out for the hot pots. Uh, mm-hmm. listeners they're coming to a stage near you what am I plugging ah my favourite restaurant bar if you ever want to come and see me I will always be in the commune oh the, the new commune, bar uh, yes I met the owner actually yesterday lovely mm. place I hope as they do in China and it can be an advantage they copy it like hell and there's tons of communes uh, similar ones all over the city mm. it's very European-esque I love the decor I love the lighting I love the food I love the beers the different selections of beers cocktails yeah, yeah you haven't been yet not okay yet. so it's by Beishan listeners uh, Beishan opposite Huafa Chengdu the big mall near Huafa Newtown um, Namang Gorgi in between New Century and uh, in Huafa mm, Newtown Namping area it's a good one great place you a lot of people beginning to talk about this place and that's good yeah, we should do a podcast from there at some point, researchers. Get us up, get us some free lunches. And Zachariah, uh, have you got anything to say before we end this Christmas special? Yes, but the only thing that you don't like about commune is you have to go and get the, the beers from the counter. You mean well, there's no waitress service? <laughs> that is yes, true. But, He's you very to, but you have to get the beers from where you have to... P- Get the drinks from. Doesn't your daddy send you to get them? Uh, well, <laughs> I'm not too rich. My daddy is rich. Ah, oh, that's very kind. Thank you, son, for being so honest uh, with, with the things I said. You're absolutely right. It's um, it's like a little supermarket to the corner of the bar. Yes. You go and open the fridge. You pick the beer up and stuff. You pay for it, and then they bring it to you at the table. I just mentioned to Zach, wouldn't it be wonderful if they could just bring it uh, to the table? Uh, but of course, what that means is you paid, and then when you want to leave, you don't have to pay. So there are some. So there's no way. 
yes. for the Maidan. Yeah, yeah. absolutely right. Yeah. Yeah, so they've just done it a bit differently, okay. and Daddy has to get used to it. <laughs> yes. Okay. Wonderful, um, Zach. Well, look. No <laughs> oh, cripes, guess what I forgot? It's, um, we've got to finish the guess who. Oh, yes. oh, right, okay, so. Yeah, let's get into it. We've got to remember. Guess who, then? Right, well, Ruth is really chomping it a bit. I think she's got it, Gordon. <laughs> I don't you? think so. I'm not, I thought I had, and then I thought, mm, maybe not. Okay, she so went hot, then cold again, then hot and cold. Hot yeah, and cold. Yeah, moving around. Well, let me give you some extra clues because maybe the listeners need it too. Okay. Yeah. They won't be long. Only a little bit of extra clue. <laughs> Sorry. Okay. So, so our guess who you don't currently know is a practitioner of Tibetan Buddhism. Yeah. His master is Lo Khun San. Yeah. Okay. In 1987, he married Beijing Wushu team member and kids from Shaolin co-star Huang Chu Yan with whom he has two daughters, Si or Su and Tai Mai or Tai Mi. They divorced in 1990, however, since 1999, he's been married to Nina Lee Chur, a Shanghai-born, Hong Kong-based actress. He has two daughters of her also, Jane born in the year 2000 and Jada born in 2003. Now, as always, it's Christmas. I'm gonna give a little gift because I really want you to get this. His first role in a non-Chinese film was as a villain in Lethal Weapon 4, 1998, and his first leading role in a Hollywood film was as Hang Sing in Romeo Must Die, year 2000. He's gone on to star in many action films, including in French cinema with Luc Besson, Kiss of the Dragon and Unleashed. He co-starred in The One, 2001, The Forbidden Kingdom, 2008, with Jackie Chan, all three of the expendable films. No, we've noticed it's not Jackie Chan, <laughs> listeners. Uh, the expendables with Sylvester Stallone and as the title character villain in The Mummy, Tomb of the Dragon Emperor, oh, on, 2008. Our guess who is? Okay. Zachariah's coming out with one. Uh, I had a question. For the guess who? Okay, why they why they think then? Yeah, give us a question. I just you. I just remember when he said Jackie Chan. I think he may come. He also did Kung Fu Panda yeah, as, uh, as Monkey. Right. Yeah, but that yeah, was Jackie Chan, right? Maybe. Mm, but this is not Jackie Chan. This is someone who's done a film with Jackie Chan. Have you got any idea? I think. Um, I think Mummy likes him as an actor. Oh, I think it's Bruce Lee. Bruce Lee? Nah. Yeah, okay, you're going for Bruce Lee. Okay, well, yeah. I thought first when you started, I thought Bruce Lee, and then I thought Jackie Chan, and now I've just absolutely I got think, no idea. I think I know who you mean. Oh, here we go. This is, this is all of our guests say. Yeah. Picture him. You can picture him in underpants. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Fifth Amendment again. Um, but, um, it's, 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 is it, is it Lynn? No. Um, I can't hey, give you anything. Oh, I've got to be man. cold. Right, okay. So I guess for the day, we've got Bruce Lee. Is it Starman? A stuntman or a starman? It's a star. Oh, star. The Chinese... Um, um, I can't, no, no. Okay. White flag. Okay, white flag. Come up with something. You never know. The unconscious can... I don't know. I don't know. Well, the Rowans have been out Christmas, I'm afraid, yeah. listeners. They can't no, even no, come no, up with no. no mince pies and Baileys for the Rowans. <laughs> no. <laughs> okay, uh, uh, hold the Baileys, researchers. They're not having any more. Um, okay, I'll guess who. 
for today. Our Christmas special is none other than, drum roll, if we could put one in, Jet Lee. Is that Bruce Lee's song? No, but it's, it's Brandon Lee. No, that's Jude Bruce Lee's song. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's what I Give said. me another name. I had Lynn in my mind. I knew it was a short name. Um, Lynn or Lee? It's Lee. So Jet it's Lee. Jet Lee. Jet and uh, his actual Chinese name is Lee Lam Jie. Lian Jie. Lee Lian Jie. So Lian Jie Lee. Jet Lee. So yes. Jet Lee. Yeah, he's a great actor, actually. Yeah, I really like him. I still know what I say. I think if you see him, no. you'd see him, you'd know who. Oh. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay, so Google that later. So we've been absolutely useless. Yeah. Well, I uh, wouldn't say that at all. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we have been pretty bad today. <laughs> But that's, that's what we do. We make people... Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, let's finish with a high then. Um, being a musician, we finish with the last Emperor song. As always, as listeners know, original piece of music from around the world. This comes from one of our special guests here today, uh, none other than um, Gordon Rowan. Now, this song is from yourself. It's called Be With You Again. Yeah. Uh, recorded when? Well, quite a while ago. Um, I think probably about 2001. Okay. Um, through the wonder of MPT files at Gibson. You the date, so uh, I'd have forgotten. So quite a long time ago, and a bit, bit, just a little bit behind. Be with you again. Uh, um, so um, it was actually uh, my discovered that my brother, um, who's also a very good musician, uh, was very, very good at writing lyrics, and I'm rubbish. Okay, um, you don't need to agree, but I am. Um, <laughs> so he was writing lyrics, and he was living in uh, he was living working in, in London. I was uh, down in South France. And he would email me some lyrics and I would work on them. And then maybe a month or so later, I would send back a song and we kind of did a little collaboration and made a homemade album. So it was Ah. very rudimental equipment. Um, It wasn't all computerised. There was nothing done on a computer. Um, So it's all done at home. Um, And and it was good fun doing it. So, Mm. you know. Be With You Again. Who's the person that wanted to be? Oh, there's... there's, um, Very, very complex things which uh, I won't go into here. (laughs) Let's keep it to just under Pat level. Yes. Okay, marvellous. Well, look, uh, I really hope you've enjoyed being on the show today. It's been great. Yeah, thank you very much. Fantastic voyage. (laughs) (laughs) I think this is definitely going to be a five part Christmas special um, by the look of my uh, researchers. But no, it's it's really been wonderful um, having you on and have a lovely Christmas. Thank you. And you you too, and your lovely family. family. And Zach, you're a star. Yeah, well done, Zach. Star man. Have you enjoyed it today, Zach, as co host? No, I guess I'm a little bored. Okay, right. Well, that's most people do with Daddy's voice, yeah. Uh, but would you would you like to come back on again at some point as a co-host? I would like to come on as a guest, I guess. Okay, as a guest. <laughs> I guess to do more speaking, I guess. Yes, yes. Right, well. getting a taste for fame, this little one, yeah? <laughs> In that spirit, we end Merry Christmas uh, yeah, to Merry all, Christmas one and to for everybody, all. And yes. this is Be With You Again by Gordon Rowan. This is China Jedi, people. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas.
Thank you for listening to the China Jedi podcast. Shining humor, love, and light on Chinese life. May the smile be with you. Psst.